0: Hi, it's um, Wednesday afternoon uh, for Rosh Hashanah, and uh, I want to say a few words about the Parsha, or about the Book of Dvarim, actually, uh, wrapping up this uh, year. We're about to finish Dvarim, obviously. Um, not this week, but, uh, you know, we're already at the end of Nissan Bayel, so we got Hazino, and this is a Ruh, you know what I mean. And I wanted to mention something. I said the other day in Shul, in the general terms, which I think is interesting, uh I'm really grateful I bumped into uh Shua Beer this morning, and he said that he's going to sponsor, he and his wife, so thank you to Mr. and Mrs. Shua Beer, uh for doing this. We talked about someone in, you know, in Muncie who listens, and anyway, uh, because of that sponsorship, I'm going to give my two cents. <clears throat> the Book of Dvarim is kind of interesting. I'll tell you where I'm coming. In my, the Book of Dvarim is interesting in many ways, obviously, but in one particular, which is Moshe Rabbeinu speaks so harshly. I mean, look at the end of the last parsha. Kiyadati achrimosi, hashkistashrisun, sartimenadech shetzi visi eschem, krosos eschem is called dwarm, whatever it says over there. In other words, I know you guys are dummies. You're going to, you're going to suffer the tochachacha. I told you about the tocha so that you would not have to suffer it, but I know you're going to. You know, it says in the tocha, as you and I know, if you do this, baruch at If you do that, oror at So you don't have to do it, but you're going to do it. So it's pretty tough and in general from the very beginning of the book. He's blasting the Jewish people right from the very beginning of the book. He's you know saying don't sin. I know you are going to sin. Uh, you know, don't be a rebellious. You mess things up at Sinai. You mess things up at uh, the Meraglim. Uh, you know, you, 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 you caused Aaron to suffer. You caused me to suffer. It's a certain rant. You know what I mean? And it's tough. And uh, it's more than you find, I would say, in the other books of the Chumash. More than the Shemos and the and Bamidbor. So, what's that? is that Moshe really like unlooses over here. Unleashed. You know? Unfiltered. And why is that? I don't know if you've ever noticed that. But if you give a thought to it for a minute, I think you will see it. Okay? And remember, these are the Deborim of Moshe. As i said a hundred times. It's in the Chumash, because Hashem said, write it down, I'm dictating you, and so forth. But Eilat, Dvar de Moshe. this is what's on Moshe's mind, Moshe's heart. And you get a lot of this emotion, which is very interesting, of course, and it's very sobering, perhaps, but it's pretty tough. And what occurred to me was that what's special about the book of Dwarm is that it takes place at the very end of the life of Moshe Rabbeinu, after the death of his brother and sister, uh, the three of them were a pair, as we all know, and um, it wasn't just you got Moshe, you got Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. And it's a package deal, they were a team, it wasn't just one guy running the show, it was a team of three. There was a famous passage in, in chapter Vav, we did it a lot long ago in the Haftorah, where it says, lachar, uh, something like that, it's Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. And Rashi quotes the on Yonatan, I remember saying, you know, I do this, it's my own shtick. The haftorah also with the with the with, uh, with Targum Targ Yehoshua, and he said, "What do you mean? I, God, God says, God I sent you, Moshe Aaron and Miriam.' That's quite a, a verse I just recited, right? Let me see now. The exact lashon is Ki Hel Mitzrayim, So this is a Novi speaking in the name of Hashem. I took you out of Egypt and so forth. For eshlah is Moshe and Miriam." And I sent you Moshe and Miriam. Notice Hashem sent them Moshe and Miriam. Think about that. So Hashem sent Aaron. uh, And Hashem sent Miriam. Now, uh, that's, in other words, all three were messengers of the Lord. You don't usually think of it like that. You say, there was a guy named Moshe. Of course, his brother was very important to him. And his sister also. You don't hear that too often in the Chumash. But we all know. That she had this of the bear and you know things like that, okay so she's very chashu, but I don't think most of us think because does not say explicitly in the Chumash, I'm sending you three people all he says is I'm sending you Moshe and we all know God heavily recruited him aggressively recruited him at the burning bush because Moshe didn't want to do it uh it took days and at the end hashem said already give you iron as your novi so that's the words iron uh, you know, in Parshish Shmos. So, all right, to that degree, you say, Hashem gave Aaron like a certain consolation prize or whatever to Moshe, to get Moshe to do the job. But in this Pesach, in Michal, which is from the Nevi'im, and therefore speaking to the Shem Hashem, he's saying, I, "I, God sent you Moshe, and I sent you Aaron, and I sent you Miriam. And the Targum says, Moshe la'alofa mesorres, dinin, Aaron l'chapar Amal, <coughs> Miriam l'orol an'ashayah. Moshe was to teach them Mesoris Dinen, to give them the Tariq missus. Aaron al Isn't that an interesting Targum? Right? So Hashem said from day one, I got to send you a Moshe, not enough. <coughs> I got to send you Aaron al to be a Naam. Because that is what the coming does, among other things, you know, with the carbonus and all the rest of it. Do you hear what I said? He effects, to use the modern language, the atonement. And Miriam, Lorola, and the So it sounds like you need a special shliach from God to the women. o um, Miriam, Lorola, and the So Hashem sent somebody for the men, and he sent somebody for the women. Now, the one he sent for the men, I guess we would assume he sent for everybody. But under his authority, he sent Miriam, le'orol and the She didn't give a different Torah, but she said it over. In a way that, the, the, in a feminine way, you no, know, the way the way that spoke to the women. Like you say, You see, it's a very interesting pussy. And so, what I take from that is that Moshe, at the very beginning, as you know, and I know, said at the burning bush, Don't pick me. As a matter of fact, Moshe says three things. I'm an to If you read through the psukim. Now, you and I, I think, uh, you know, I'm going by memory here. I think we all say Kfadpe means that he, uh, when he was a baby, he ate the coals or something like that. You know, he uh, burned his his, his his mouth. That famous uh, story, you know, in Pharaoh's house. And therefore he spoke Megam game. You know, he, 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 he stuttered or he spoke unclearly. So in other words, what he was saying was, I'm not the right person, because I have speech impediment of some sort or another. Uh, and Hashem says, I can take care of that. And there's a famous message that says, E'la moshe. If you go to one, one version or another, we see by the time you get to the Book of Dvar, Moshe has sort of overcome the speech impediment, because he's speaking at great length and quite eloquently, quite rhetorically, using rhetoric. Uh, it is possible, I mean, if you want to get down physical, it is possible to overcome a speech impediment. I suppose. Let me put it this way: I'm not an expert, but I know from classic literature that Demosthenes, the most famous orator in the among the Greeks, uh, this, is, this is very well known. Uh, he he uh, worked on himself. I think he, if I remember correctly, he put pebbles in his mouth to work on his pronunciation and enunciation and articulation to get it right. So it wasn't easy, but he did it. So Moshe Rabbeinu in his own way, could do it. Or Hashem said, Hashem said I can fix it. And shine. So if you learn it that way, they say Moshe Rabbeinu had a speech impediment. God fixed it. Or if you prefer, Hashem said, Aaron, who did not have a speech impediment, for Aaron and the viecho. It's never clear how that works out. But Aaron and the viecho. you know, um, Aaron will, will, will make it clear for you. So it was a speech impediment. Yeah of some sort or another, and why Hashem wanted somebody with speech impediment, you know, if you like the old stuff, you know, then around, the Rosh Hashanah, the morale and the others, they say, look, you know, this was uh, um, demagogy, right? That people shouldn't say Moshe won the people over through the force of his rhetoric, rhetorical power, and therefore the Torah is not true, it's just Moshe was a good bamboozler, because history is replete with famous talkers, who persuaded masses to follow them, even though they're full of it, you know? So, but Moshe and Kain, if you say that Moshe had a speech in ten minutes, he wasn't a good speaker all the rest of it, and the crowd all followed him anyway, must be that the message, the content, was was the the, the thing that won him over. As I say, it's a famous drush of Saran, and I think it was said also independently by the morale, if I remember correctly, and Shain. I'm sure you've heard that in the one time or another from somebody, you know. I've heard it all my life. However, uh, that's based on a Russian interpretation, which is fine with me, but if he says I'm a klad pad Lushan, the plain meaning, as far as I can see, is I speak heavily. And now Let's put it this way. I'm a bad speaker, meaning I'm a harsh speaker. You want? He tells God at the burning bush, you want somebody that can speak uh, persuasively and nicey-nice, and make people feel good, and all that kind of stuff, like politicians do, and they will be able to lead the people out of Egypt and give them the Torah. And he'll know, know how to make the right remark, like a pulpit rabbi, and, you know, everybody will feel good about it, they'll have the Ten Commandments, and they'll be nice and nice. Me, I just lay it on straight as an arrow, you know, I give it as it is. What's I, I'm saying Whatever I, I, I think to tell them, you should tell them. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu sometimes is harsh to him, and he blows up, and so on and so forth. Now, what's interesting is Hashem says, I want you, <laughs> right? And as we know, God does not give up, he does not cease to recruit him until Moshe gives in, right? Until Moshe gives in. Uh, that's the famous story. What about the fact that Moshe I'm too harsh to talk to people? Hashem says, um, Aaron will be your nubby," not And notice, Aaron is a nicey, nice guy, You say it over, and Aaron will explain it for you. So as Moshe says, or something like that. And Aaron says, what he means to say, my friends, of course, is please give your ear over to what we have to say. We only mean this for your own good, and so on and so forth. In other words, he smoothed it out, smoothly, smoothly, right? And Miriam did it for the women, because Moshe speaks harshly, especially the women will freak out. Miriam Seligus, what my brother meant to say was so-and-so and such-and-such. So and such. If it sounded like it's not uh, good for you or not good for, for the women or something like this, it's from Hashem, so he, uh, instead of phrasing it this way, I would point out that way or something like that. So the point is that all of his life, until the end of his life, meaning the 40 years of his life that we encounter in the Chumash, we don't have the other 80 years, right? The 40 years that we encounter in the Chumash, Moshe is part of a team, and they are his filter, so to speak. They're his filter. They explain to the Jewish they put it over. So when Aaron is called the Rodei Shalom and O'Ei it's not only that he was a marriage counselor, although that's true also, and we all know that, that famous Chazal, that when Moshe died, not some people cried, and when Aaron died, they all cried, because Aaron was more of a marriage counselor and a Benamal Haver type guy, and so on and so forth. Uh, that's why he got to be Kohen, All that is true. Right? All that is true. But um, for the 40 years they were there, Aaron doesn't simply use that marriage counseling. His Icarot Shalom, so to speak, is his role as his interpreter for his brother. So when Moshe says stuff, it doesn't necessarily mean it's exactly what you see in the Chumash. The Chumash is how Hashem said it should be written down. It's more complex than that. And even the Rambam, the beginning of the Mishnah Torah, yeah, Mishnah Torah, talks that way and Moshe said, and then he said it over, and then he said it to none of an of and all that stuff, you know. Now, um, or El is there are any summer, what whoever it was. So the, the the point is that uh there's a process going on. Moshe would speak, um, and then Aaron would would, would say it over to the people. Now after all, if you don't go of some miracle, Moshe was in the middle of a, a three million people, not everybody can hear him. Moshe says it over, and then Aaron and maybe Aaron's team, Team Aaron, who he recruited, circulating among the people. And, you know, Moshe said, Look here, it's 39 molochas. And, <laughs> and if you deviate from them, most Yamas, we're going to stone you, baby. And Aaron comes, they said, I have a gift for you called Shabbos. Oi, Kedusha Shabbos. It's Givaldic. There are a couple of uh, do's and don'ts in the Hanami, but think of the Kedusha, Askinu the Himnusa, you know, that kind of way. And, he was able to put it over to the different shvatim in words that would sink in with them. And so um, that's why when you read uh, Shmos and 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 Vayikra Bamidbar, so uh, it's not so tough. And maybe I wasn't there. Maybe they told Moshe, you know, you want to tell the people this way. Maybe you want to think about rephrasing it that way. And we know Moshe listened to it. Moshe, in regard to his brother and sister, as you and I know, it says, he was on of me, called out to my share Right? So, because they're from the Iron and Miriam story. So, um, that tells you, at least to me, you know, I think, it tells you they had a very interesting relationship. As I said before, they're a team. Uh, and, uh, you know, they consulted, he consulted with them all the time, whenever he wanted to put something over to the Claudius throw. The Targum I just read you said Miriam L'Oral and Ishaya. what do you mean Miriam L'Oral and Eshaya didn't Moshe give the rules to everybody I'm telling you Moshe said here's my here's my nevuah." now this is what Hashem told me last night or five minutes ago whatever it is and here's what I'm about to say in Aaron L'Chapar amo, you know aris I guess I'll do the talking you know in other words Hashem told you this and that's what we'll put in the book and if I, you know Hashem tells you this is what you're going the Torah no problem I'll do the talking. <laughs> you understand? Because uh, you're a quad pad. You know it yourself. If you say you're going to say it over heavy and wooden and stiff, and it's going to scare people, okay? And you don't want to scare people. And Moshe said, fine. you know, I'm I'm perfectly happy for you to have that role. And same thing with, with Miriam. Fine. I'm perfectly happy to say it's a role. You tell the women the way you should hear it. I told you what Hashem told me. You understand what I told Hashem told me. They told me this din and that din and whatever it is and you explain it to them uh, in a way that you think is right and that's what Miriam did. Okay, That's what Miriam did. So fine. All of a sudden comes the 40th year Miriam dies and then Aaron dies. I mean, we know this. Starting in Parshish, Chukas, correct? Uh, and, And Moshe all of a sudden doesn't have a filter. He doesn't have anybody to talk to. Uh, this itself is a bummer, and to be perfectly honest, what happens in the absence of Miriam and Aaron? Oh, you have a story of of, of Balak and Bilaam, and Korach maybe even. Let me see, no, not Korach, but yeah, Shlak Korachu because Yeah, you have the story with 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 uh, with, with Balak, and uh, and you know, and Moshe doesn't react to it the right way, and Pinchas has to kill the guy, and you end up with a bloody worn Midian. And see, what happens in the War of Midian? Moshe screams, He screams at the generals, you know, he didn't kill everybody and all this kind of stuff. Uh, there's no Aaron there, and there's no Miriam there. Um, and Moshe is probably very aware of this. Now, the chronological story ends with Matas Mase. And by the way, once again, look what happens in Matas The two and a half tribes say, we want the other side of the Jordan, and Moshe really screams at them. Toa you know, what was it? Tarbusan Hashim Chataim. You know, he's all this harsh Lashonis. I bet you, if Aaron and Miriam were there, they would have said like this You want the other side? Let's discuss it. Let's come up with a a, a mutual solution, which they do in the end anyway, without all the harsh, you know, screaming and and condemning and and whatever. But they're not there anymore, are they? And then, of course, you have the whole book of Devarim. Which, from the very beginning, Moshe is blasting them, accusing them. I don't say Moshe is wrong, but in fact, unfortunately, he's right. Now, Moshe isn't a misanthrope, but he's not just screaming at people because he likes to scream at people. There's no question that he's throw. Yisrael. Um, in fact, Ohev Yisrael, the highest order. If at least you go by the Chazals, because there's this wonderful medrash. Um, I don't have it in front of me. There's wonderful medrash in Dvarim. And the Rabban Rabbim is not very long, so it shouldn't be hard to find. It's relatively short. Where Moshe says, let me get, you know, in Vashchana, let me get, please let me get into Israel. uh, You know, forgive my sins or something like that. And Hashem says something like this. Okay, you, you can enter Kali Israel, but someone has to die. You pick the guy who dies in your place, and you can get in there to Israel. Now, if Moshe would have been a harsh leader, a dictator, you know, a Hitler Laura Stalin, he said, I can name a t- million people like that. But Moshe wasn't like that. And Moshe says, Yomuz Moshe, El of uh, that a thousand Moshe die, and not one hair of a yid should be harmed. Which is like its finest hour. You know what I mean? In other words, if if that's the choice, that it's either me or another Jew, shall let it be me. He accepts his fate. So you see, from there, the mushy straw was it? OAV oh, yisrael But you want to know something? There's all kind of OAV. Oh, I mean, there's all kind of parents out there, for example. I'm talking about good parents. I'm not talking about dysfunctional ones and abusive and all that kind of business. I'm not talking about that. So you have parents that are good people and they love their children. Nevertheless, some kind of parenting types are the ones in which they're very tough. Tough love or whatever. You know, you didn't do well in your grade, you gotta do better. This is not good. Your room is not clean. Da, 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 da. It's not coming from a bad place, right? And depending on the dynamics of the family relationship, that can work or not work. You know what I mean? Words, sometimes the kids freak out and you say, you criticize me too much, blah, blah, blah. That's true. But if it works out, then a person's like this, boy, my old man was a tough son of a gun, but you want to know something? He made me neat and clean and made me orderly and because of him I've been masliq in life and so on and so forth. He made me get up in the morning and go to chakras. And so, when they didn't tolerate the no baloney, and because of that, I've never missed a day in 30 years, and Philip and Seabird, you know, that's one way of talking. It's also possible a guy could say, I ain't going to show him. When I was young, my old man tried to, you know, drag me by the heels, and I hated it. And ever since then, I hate the, you know, this whole. I mean, both are possible. But I'm saying, if you have the type where it's a, a well meaning father, right? So his uh, harsh rhetoric is not a matter of abuse. But it's it's his style, okay? Now, nowadays that doesn't work too often so well, as I think everybody listening to this podcast knows quite well. Uh, this is more of an era, now, for better or worse, of an Aaron Miriam type. Uh, but there are the Moshe's out there. And now Moshe is there, he's about to die, and he's giving his last thing, and there's no Aaron and Miriam around, so Moshe lets it go. And he says, listen, you, you're going to eat each other, you're going to have a cannibalism, you're going to tokocha, you know, if you if you... If you continue in this derech that I see you headed, you're going to meet disaster. It's going to be yet disaster beyond disaster. Now, it's abs- what he said was true, and it did hit Klai Yisrael, as You and I know, unfortunately, and everything he said came to pass. So he was trying to warn them in the best way, like a father says to a kid: "You go on in this derech, and you're never going to make a parnosa You know, you're not going to get married. You're going to be a failure in life. This and that. And that. So I'm telling you, get your act together." They're like, I'll, "I'll say it again." That father doesn't mean it bad. He's just harsh. And as a matter of fact, the father means well, and he's trying to save that son from going down the wrong road of life and having a bad life. The question is, is that harsh tone a good tone? Right? Is an appropriate tone? Meaning, is he going to get the job done? Because if the kid gets turned off by the harshness of the tone, it says, Baruch Right? I get it. So for whatever reason, the Reborn Shalom said, I want you with the Kvad Pan and all the rest of it. Uh, I can only surmise, me, myself, and I, that Hashem wanted him because if he would get a nicey-nice type, it would probably totally morally morally spoil the Jewish people. If you get it, people who say, oh, it's okay, you can worship idols, we're going to go out of, Israel, out of Egypt anyway, sooner or later you'll get out of your system, you know, something like that. Uh, I don't think it would have been worked out well. The perfect solution Hashem chose was, Moshe tells it as it is, and then Aaron and Miriam tamp it down. <laughs> you get it? But when you get to the book of Dvarim, there's no Aaron and Miriam there, and Taka Moshe says, you're going to get a tochah, and he goes over and over again, and Dvarim v'eshan naked re, you know, it's very repetitive. Don't worship idols. Do choose God don't, uh, you know, don't follow the, the bad, follow the prophets, keep the Torah, keep the mitzvahs, again, keep the Torah, keep the mitzvahs, over and over again, it's a tough speech, you understand? I mean, I'm not sure I would have liked being there when Moshe delivered the speech of Dvarim. We read it today, because part of the commission was in a thousand of years ago, but if you were there at the time, it's pretty tough. Uh, because you didn't have iron and Miriam there. When iron was there, you know, it was a different atmosphere. Uh, when Aaron was there, you know, p- people would come to him, I'm pretty sure, and say, you know, your brother said this and this and this. Was it Mamish like that? And I would say, no, let me explain. If you've been to yeshiva, sometimes you'll see, I mean, I remember this from the old days. If you've been in yeshiva, you can sometimes have mashkiach. I don't know if they have these types anymore. but Mashkiach, very uh, kvad pet, so to speak. But there was always a guy or something like that who would try to explain to the younger guys, well, he said this, but he really meant that. It's not as terrible as it sounds, although there is something to be gained from hearing the raw truth. But there's also something to be gained from, hear, from, heal, from hearing the, the uh, healing balm of, of soothness. That was Arna Miriam, but in, in the Book of Mormon, we don't have it, and that's why the speech of Moshe, which effectively ends, in um in Nitzam in Uh You know, and he says, when I'm gone, you're all going to go down the tubes. You're all, you're all going to go off the derech. All right? That's why I'm going to have hazin or something as a proof. You know, don't say I didn't warn you. That's a heck of a way to end. Imagine if the Chumash ended at the end of Nitzam If it didn't end in in, in Brucho, the way it does. We'd go out saying, whoa. Now, Moshe would not have been wrong, right? And as I said before, unfortunately, Jewish history indicates that every word he said came true and we would only have to take consolation in saying, well, as it says in the Tzavim, you know, one day we'll get it right. Still, it would be very depressing. Imagine Simchas Torah ending on Hashchis Tashchishun, Besartim ben and so forth. Uh, it's interesting to me that at the end of his life, when he's about to go, Moshe, and again, this is his speech, Moshe says, you know, I think I shouldn't end on a harsh note. Uh, I want to end on a bracha, because anything I say, and by doing that, by ending on a bracha, Moshe was indicating to them clearly, anything I said to you tough was not out of being mean. Anything I said to you harsh was out of a uh, uh, concern for your welfare. I'm ending you with a bracha. Right, I uh, I I'm only I only meant you're good, and I don't want anything bad to happen to you. That's the reason I speak so toughly to you. Uh, and so, I think when you look at you could and Bameber, you get to some degree the filtered Moshe. When you get to Dvarim, you see the unfiltered Moshe. But the unfiltered Moshe is so harsh that at the end, you you have to end as he ends gloriously with a Zos HaBrocha, to say, as a, you know, uh, I don't mean it l- l- ra. I mean, everything I, everything I ever said to you was a tope. So imagine a father who cussed out his kids and this and that and the other, but on the deathbed he said like this, I just want you to know, I didn't do anything because I don't like you. I actually love you all. I just, it's out of my concern, you know, that I've told you everything. Now, sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes the kids are, are gathered around the, the, you know, the deathbed, and they say, well, was, we're glad to hear that that was where it coming because we you saw, we saw the way you spoke to us all the time. You don't like us. And now we see it wasn't a part that you didn't like us. It was just, you know, it was it was your way of showing concern. Maybe we like that. Maybe we don't like that. But at least we see what it was coming from. You understand? Uh, otherwise, who knows what they would say, you know? Uh we think, oh, the Chumash, Moshe, will have been around for a long time. Remember how people looked at it at that time. And um, because he ends on this, I, I, it's just interesting to me that it really works because because he ends on a bracha and because the people see that all that harsh rhetoric comes from a good place and not a bad place, Vayufka said so they all broke down and cried when he died. Right? They all broke down and cried when he died. And I've seen... I had a relative once. who uh, was married to someone, whatever. And, I mean, this person died long ago. And he was Hungarian. and From Budapest, I think. And, uh, and his father and mother still lived in this country. And by the Hungarians, especially the old school. Old school. If a parent slaps you or something like that, which they used to do, you're supposed to kiss the hand, right? Yeah, if you have any Hungarian relatives, I'm serious. You know, older school generation, you'll know that was the the gyeshe Also, you know, if a parent hits you, the the, the response is you're supposed to kiss the hand, uh, even though nobody likes to be slapped. And I, I'm I'm going back decades to this memory, and I remember he said that when he first smoked, I'm talking decades and decades, decades ago. So he said when he first smoked, which I think was 1920s, his father had slapped him. And, you know, and he kissed his hand and all the rest of it. But he said, you know, the um, I still feel the slap, it still hurts, but I wish I wish he was here to hit me again. You understand? In other words, he he said, I know he did it, it was harsh, you know, to slap a grown child, was he, 16, 18, 20, you know, uh, it's harsh to, 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 to slap somebody in front of others, but I know he didn't do it because he disliked me, he did it because he liked me, you know. That kind of feeling is what you get, I think, when you conclude in the end of uh, of um, Dwarim. So, in other words, it's a very remarkable uh, uh, human-type story that we see uh, which is often obscured because there's so many and other things like that which there certainly are in the Book of Dwarm. and uh, I just wanted to mention that before the year goes out so uh, again I want to thank the beers so I'm uh, glad we ran into each other this morning uh, for sponsoring this and I want to wish everybody of course a Shana Toba